Yo, Rod, what's happening? Thera Kane. Ooh. Thera Kane. This is new. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of like a medieval torture device, but it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a self-massage implement. Oh, I think I've, you've used these for a long time, yeah? Yeah, it's like the green, I don't know if you've seen it, it's the green, it looks like a cane, like okay. a hooked cane. Uh-huh. And it's got. Yeah, I've seen it. All the ends are balls. Yeah. And then there's several throughout like, the cane. Yeah. That you can use to apply pressure to different trigger points uh-huh. throughout, throughout thine body. Yeah. And inflict pain on thine self. Yeah. But for good reason. Yeah. Big fan of it. Yeah. What's the good reason to inflict pain yeah, on thine self? Yeah. So, you know, those trigger points, like, you know, people, you get a massage and you're like trying to break up the soft tissue that's yeah. not so soft because it's balled up. Yeah. 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 Like, it's. Like you can use it to break it up on your own, and you you like them, like what? Like these theracanes? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, it's good because you can get spots on your back and in mm. your hips and your IT band and stuff that mm. you just can't, yeah, really get to. Mm. So it's interesting. I'm a yeah, I'm a big fan of it. All right, well, self self inflicted theracanes, medieval torture devices for massage therapy, self therapy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Megan Scherer, a past guest on the More In Common podcast, as well as a holistic wellness expert and the founder of Be More Movement, a social campaign and nonprofit organization to teach teenagers how social media impacts their mental health. And I'm so happy to be introducing today's show. This is the More In Common podcast. Welcome. This is a place where we explore the fact that we have more in common than that which divides us by anchoring humanity in compassionate conversations. And here is one of the latest reviews. This review comes from TinyT24, who says, I love getting to know Rodney and Keith. They are woke men that have mad skill at creating great, insightful conversation. Thank you, TinyT. I know Rodney and Keith really appreciate the kind words, and I absolutely agree. They are woke men, and they do have mad skill. Remember, you guys can find all things More in Common at moreincommonpod.com. You can find their episodes, merchandise, blogs, etc. And definitely, if you like what you hear, give them a like in your favorite podcast app, leave a review, and we will try to read it on a future show. And don't forget to share, share, share all your favorite episodes. So this is season two of 2020 that they have dubbed a decade possible. And season two is all about discovery. Today's episode is with Jen and Steph Sudo, the Sudo twins. The Sudo twins are amazing young entrepreneurs who really explore the space and open up with some vulnerable conversation. I really enjoyed getting to hear their conversation and I think you will as well. They talk about a lot of things, some of them being their twin connection and their separate journeys along the way, hitting rock bottom and what really comes out of that at the end, building a video platform and their evolution to TikTok, stuff on coming out, and so much more. So it's time to tune in. I hope you enjoy today's amazing conversation with the Pseudo Twins. realized really quickly that it's actually not that bad like disappointing people is actually a great feeling because now they don't have super high expectations for you and now you have the freedom to actually do what you want you know what this world we're just humans living in it and we can literally control the outcome of our lives It's like we're playing a game, but we actually have the controller and we can actually control what we do in the next level, in the next level. So, as we decided, we're just going to take full control of our lives and really just do what we really want and push ourselves into the direction that we want to go. Welcome, Pseudo Twins. How are you today? We're great. Happy to be on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thanks for joining. Well, today we are with the Pseudo Twins, Jen and Steph Pseudo. 
Uh, Jen and Steph grew up in a small town in California, and one day it hit them that they could do anything. So they left their small town and started taking over their own world. They are also known as the Glitter Twins, making a glitter gel marketed to the electronic dance scene. Now, they are also so social media savants who also consult with entrepreneurs on social media strategies. Having a large following on Instagram, hey, at Glitter Twins, and a new TikTok video series called TikTok, uh, T-A-L-K, about how to use the platform. They have a goal of moving to a new city every year until they stop and have lived in quite a few places already. In other words, they stay busy, keep knocking down doors, and ultimately trying to pursue their dreams. Oh, hey, what's so I know Glitter Twins, you can go there and it'll point you to the new uh, Instagram, but what's the new account? Yeah, so we actually, so the Glitter Twins was our glitter business for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. That really taught us a lot about social media and selling online. Um, but actually, we recently had to end that because we're starting a new venture and we can't do multiple things at once. So we sacrificed, hmm. it. We sacrificed it for TikTok. Oh our new um podcast show got it so it's so the new um instagram our new tiktok is t-i-k-t-a-l-k-s show tiktok's show mm. and we'll put it in the notes for this yeah. for the for the peoples and then in our uh in our bio and all that stuff too yeah but um yeah that's good stuff keith ask your question because it feeds into mine so just do it oh it Go feeds for it. it feeds your question yeah this is good yeah Okay. So this came from a recent podcast that you were on back in September, right? And you had said that one day, and I said this in the bio, that you just realized you could do anything. What made you realize that? And then what made you not only realize it, take action against it? Where did that come from? Um, I feel like I probably said that. I remember the day. It was in uh, Utah, Salt Lake City. Oh, wow. Well, we were both walking um, along the street and we had kind of hit like a rock bottom basically with our lives. And usually when you hit rock bottom, you always get really good ideas. And I guess we just really had this epiphany that, you know what, this world, we're just humans living in it and we can literally control the outcome of our lives. It's like we're playing a game but we actually have the controller and we can actually control what we do in the next level, in the next level. So it's weird that nobody, we didn't really think about that before, but for some reason that was just such a big epiphany for us that the events leading up to where we are now after that moment has really transcended us because we decided we're just going to take full control of our lives and really just do what we really want and push ourselves into the direction that we want to go. Yeah, it was because, well, basically out on a limb, like we had been servers in a restaurant for years and we were growing our Glitter Twins business on the side. And we went to this entrepreneur event and we felt so inspired that we're like, you know what? We have no idea what we're going to do, but let's just quit our jobs. And like we didn't have, we literally had like a thousand dollars saved up. And then we just blew it on like going to more events. But that was when we used up the last of our money and we were freaking out because we're like, okay, like we literally don't know what to do and we don't have money coming in besides the Glitter Twins, but we didn't want to use that money because we wanted to put that back into, into the business to grow it. And so we were like, we're like, oh my God, this is so stressful. And, and then we went for a walk together and, uh, we were just talking and we're like, you know what? This is our life. We can take control of our life and we can control the outcome of what happens. Like, mm -hmm. so yeah, it was a really pivotal moment for us. And it was like, we made a pact. We're like, you know what? We're going to really decide to go all in on whatever we're going to do. And whether it, you know, makes us hit another rock bottom or not, like, let's just do what we want to do. Now, I don't want to, I don't know where your question picks up this conversation, but did you both come to this realization at the same time? Like, was it triggered by one of you? We have kind of like this. <laughs> so the, the, this twin connection thing. Yeah, it's easy yeah. for us to be on the same wavelength of what we're thinking. I don't yeah. know who came up with it, but we were just having a conversation in general, and then we just kind of started mutually agreeing on the same 
type of epiphany. So I don't know who, we yeah. never know who comes up with what idea. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. It is just Next. one. It's a group idea. Yeah, exactly. Group thing. No. I have uh, to put it put in a twin way. Go to your question, Rodney, because well, I want to. There, there's a place I want to go, but we'll get there's there. so much there. Like, I, yeah. you just earlier when we were talking before we started, because we don't use the rapid fire in the conversation, like, you guys had some, you both said some really interesting things. Um, and like, specifically about advice you would, you would give to young people. And one was, don't worry about what other people think. And the other one's like, have a vision for your life. And did you, did that come out of this epiphany or like, when did, when did you start thinking those things were important to like stop thinking what other people think and to have a vision for where you're going? Where did you start picking those up? Well, I think those were separate things for me. Um, I would say. And for you, this is Steph. Yeah. yeah for me, I'm Steph. Um, <laughs> for the listeners. <laughs> When I was younger, I really cared about what other people thought about me. I really valued other people's opinion. And so if somebody judged me, that really took a toll on me. And it kind of makes you feel insecure because you're just basing your life off of what other people think. You want other people to, you know, be happy for you. You want other people to, you know, like you. But it wasn't until I dropped out of college that I literally let go of that because I really wanted to drop out, like really wanted to drop out, but it's hard when, you know, everyone's telling you you're going to be a loser if you drop out. Like, no, as soon as I did that and I kind of disappointed people, I realized really quickly that it's actually not that bad. Like disappointing people is actually a great feeling because now they don't have super high expectations for you. And now you have the freedom to actually do what you want. Mm. That was my opinion, mm. Jen. True. Yeah. I mean, mine was different because I actually graduated college, but I still felt judged because I didn't like I was insecure, very shy all throughout school, basically like elementary school, middle school, high school, very insecure, kind of like high anxiety, social anxiety. And it wasn't until like after college when I started getting into personal development because of Steph. And I started reading a ton of like help self-help books, um, you know, watching videos from like Gary Vee, Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone, all those people that I really realized that I really did value other people's opinion a lot, you know, because you don't really think about it until you think about it. Mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. and then it's like once you realize that you're literally just living your life to please other people, you're like, wait a minute, what do I actually want? Like, what do I actually want to do? And, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that moment that we shared earlier was definitely a nice pivotal moment where it was like another realization of that, but it was a learned thing. It was like, an, it was an acquired thing. You know, it took us some time of learning basically to, to really understand that. Yeah. I, so I, this was really interesting to me because, um, I was, I was talking to some high schoolers some juniors and seniors uh, a couple days ago. And uh, the question that was asked of me was to give them advice, which is something I actually typically try not to do. But it was like, all right, give them, like if you were at their stage in life, if you can go back to when you were juniors, like, what would you say? Uh, and, and I thought I had an answer. And I was like, nah, it's like, that's like the BS, like what everybody says answer. And I didn't even believe it. And then I was like, wait, if you focus on what you really want, what you really like. Cause like I'm a 37 year old grown ass man who's like just figuring out what he really wants. Like what's yeah. like kind of sorting the, the noise. And it's like not bad noise. It's just noise of what's my desire. What's my want versus what's what somebody else wants for me, which is cool. Like I'm glad people want things for me. Like I'm, I'm I think I'm fortunate in that, but for such a long time, it's drowned out like my voice. And so I was just like, yo, yo, like start there. Because like, a lot of them have kid parents that are just like college, 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 college. You got to do college. You won't be anything if you don't go to college. And it's like, make arguments for that maybe, but like, do you really want to do it? Like one of you graduated, one of you didn't. And you're both doing all right. So on that, like, how did that play out? Um, Steph, like, why did you 
ultimately want to drop out of college and then you have Jen still going to college. Like, what was that dynamic for the two of you mm. yeah. at that time? We didn't really agree, obviously. Like, I wasn't trying to get Jen to drop out. I was just sure. like, this is my decision. I want to drop out personally because I'm kind of more of the rebellious one. And I wanted to show people, I wanted to be an example. Like, I didn't want to do the mainstream thing of going to college. Even before, when I was in high school, I never wanted to go to college because I thought everyone's already doing that. It's not even that much different than high school. And you don't even like what I want to learn is not even a course in college. So what happened was I just felt pressured. and Everyone was like, well, you don't know what you want to do with your life. You better go to college. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll go to college because you're right. I don't know what I want to do. But you said you, you say you don't know what you want to you didn't know what you wanted to do, but you just you said knew what you didn't want to do. You well, you said what I want to learn that is not even a course. So what did you want to learn? Yeah. Well, I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to learn, mm. you know, I was starting to follow like Ty Lopez and um I know there there was in the beginning a lot of controversy about him, but sure, sure. He really but he's still an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah, I took a lot of his courses and um I was reading a lot of books. So basically I was learning a lot outside of school. And I was, but I wasn't paying to learn outside of school because I was like reading books, taking courses. Mm -hmm. But in school, I was paying 10 grand a year. And I was like, I don't even have the money to do this. Like, I don't want to go into debt to, to learn about, I was, I was majoring in communication and I really would sit in class every day and look around me. And I'm like, this, this really isn't for me. It's just not. So I just felt kind of rebellious. I just wanted to say that I dropped out. So that in the future, I can tell people it wasn't because of college. That was just me. I don't know why. But I'm glad that I dropped out. I would do it all over again. You put the chip on your shoulder. And like, no, no, it's going to be there when I need it. Yeah. Um, I'll use it later. And what about you, Jen? Yeah. Honestly, I've never said this before, but this is something I only realized recently. Because I always say, oh, I always wanted to go to college. And like, it was my dream, which it was. I literally would like wish every birthday that I could go to college because I didn't know how I was going to afford it. But my mom huh. always stressed the importance. She, she would always say, get your education. Your education is very important. You know, you should go to college. She didn't force us because she wasn't going to pay for it. But she was like, you should go to college. It's important. Like, you can make more money and whatever. And so, like, it was always ingrained in my brain that I should go to college and that it mm -hmm. was the idea. So I thought it was my own idea. And I thought I always wanted to go to college. But once I actually was in school, I didn't even know what I wanted to do. And I was just in college to be in college. And I ended up studying psychology, which was great. But then once I got out, I had a dilemma because I didn't do anything besides school when I was in college. Like I worked, but I didn't like do internships or anything like that. And so when I got out, I was like, Oh my God, like I'm literally in the same position as someone who didn't go to college. Like I've been serving, which is what I've been doing. And I haven't even done anything related to my major. And for psychology, it's like, it's a science. Tricky one. Yeah. You technically need like at least a master's degree to do something in it. So I was like, well, this. Which, which they don't tell you when they sign up, when you sign up. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Or do they? Mm, you kind of know. Yeah. I feel like I should have done, I should have known more. I should have done mm. more and stuff but i didn't i was yeah going through the motions type of thing. that makes sense um and so when you graduated like things changed for you well when, when i graduated i got really depressed because mm. i was like mm. oh my god i was using school as a cover as like oh I'm, I'm going to college like what are you doing oh i'm going to college and it's like it's just the thing that you say and then when uh. I, graduated, I was like oh my god i feel like a failure like I graduated, uh -huh. but I'm not doing anything. I'm still doing the same thing I was doing before. And mm -hmm. I actually don't even know what I want to do. I don't even want to do anything within psychology. So I felt terrible. And I literally quit my job, which was just serving in a restaurant. I quit my job and I didn't do anything for a few months because I was like freaking out. And I'm like, you know what? What if I just quit my job and then just figure it out, figure out what I want to do? And so... I did that, and then that's when we both started the glitter twins. Started the business, yeah. Okay. Side so, note: Talk about psychology, like serving in a restaurant. There's a lesson in psychology. Like you get to know yeah. people, real sociology, psychology. Like you get to know people 
I don't, I mean, I don't know this firsthand, but just like observing people in it, like. It's a sales job. Yeah. I really grew my social skills because as I said before, I was really antisocial like in high school and everything. And serving really helps with that because you're literally forced to talk to people you don't even know. And like you have to get them to like you in order to get more money, you know. So uh, Keith, I know you've been trying to ask a question for like there's a one question. So I'm gonna ask another one before you <laughs> <laughs> So we're not twins, but we have this link, even yeah. though he's we, we, in LA. Like often it's like one mind. So he's I'm already asked sure I know two questions question. that I wanted yeah. to ask. So yeah. Um, but this one, I don't know if we've got the same mind on it. I'm sure it's on your paper somewhere. But before we get into Glitter Twins, because I need to follow that understanding um, how that started. But you said, Steph, you said you both hit rock bottom. And Jen, you alluded to it with depression. And what did rock bottom look like for the two of you together? And apart, like, was it different? Yeah. And what was it? Well, it was like, at least we were in rock bottom together. <laughs> That's but, um, I mean, because we've definitely hit rock bottom at separate times and not really with each other. But when we actually hit rock bottom with each other, it was because we were in the same boat. Mm. We we're always in the same boat. But when we were at rock bottom with each other, it actually felt a lot better than when mm. we personally both hit rock bottom alone because that sure. really sucks. Um, but it felt... I mean, it feels like, like, wow, like this is my life. You just kind of look at yourself just from a higher up perspective. Like you're a little speck in the sand and you're just looking at your life. Like this is my life, you know, but then it brings clarity almost immediately. So I almost think that rock bottom is kind of, for some reason, there's a really bad stigma towards it. But I think rock bottom is great because that's when you gain, that's when I've gained the most clarity on, okay, this is actually what my life is like right now. And then what do I really want to do from here? Because I can only move up from here. You know, where do I want to go? If you don't do something about it, like when I've hit like rock or I've been like really depressed a lot more than Steph and I was alone and I didn't even talk to anyone about it. Like, if you're not doing anything about it, it definitely, like, it, it sucks because you're not even thinking about how you can get out of it. But, yeah, if you're in with someone else and then, you know, you can put your heads together and bounce back. I think rock bottom, you're meant to bounce up quickly. Like, you're supposed to hit the bottom and go back up. But if you stay at the bottom, then that's when things can get really bad. We try. Uh, would, you, would you agree? I agree with that. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So you talked about, Rodney, I, I'm going to bogart this entire, I have thousands of questions here, but um, you talked about, these are amazing examples and the positive that you take away from it. And you talked about your mom, um, specifically, Jen, you talked about how she enforced education, 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 and Steph, you're the rebellious one. So I imagine you heard the same story, but decided you didn't want that, right? Um, what, like this idea this is something we try to capture, right? In in the land of entrepreneurial spirit, like the idea of just doing it, mm -hmm. right? Okay, you hit you know bottom and you were bored and miserable and unhappy, and it was like I need to take ownership and do. To actually do that is is far more uncommon than it than it gets credit for. I think um, what in that entire collection of growing up that you had led to that spirit is it something said done or do you think it's just you i think it was together all of, our, all of our experiences combined that helped us like i used to definitely plan things out to the detail and then mm. do it for like one day and then quit and not do it so i definitely had my fair share of not doing i would just plan and not do but Jen, all about that. Up with Jen, I think that's one thing that's super underrated is I would always try to do everything myself. And I'm a great starter, but I'm not very good at finishing things at all. And Jen is actually really good at seeing things through. As you can tell, she finished college. Yeah. So when we teamed up together, it was like I had to start the momentum and then Jen had the power to keep us going. And I think 
teaming up with someone that, you know, can kind of cover your weaknesses, that's really important. I think that really helps us a lot. Have you always been this close? And <laughs> and and even more like we we non-twins, we 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 uninitiated, we 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 plebeians know nothing of the twin connection that we hear so much about. Like is it real? And if like what is it for you? What what is your connection and have you said we teamed up like was there a point where you were like nope i don't want right. to talk to her right like, whoa. no we literally have no. always i think being a twin an identical twin, twin specifically and i can't speak for all twins okay i can only speak for us but sure sure as an identical twin your agreeableness is just so high like if she wants to do something and i'm kind of like uh, i don't really want to do that i'll just go with it. i'm like mm. you want to do that okay like, we don't fight each other. We just don't. Like, we agree with each other a lot, and we compromise a ton. And, you know, we value each other's ideas and opinions. So if she really believes something or if I really believe something, but the other person's like, I don't know, we know one of us is eventually going to be like, okay, you know what, let's do it. But we don't ever really argue and get mad because that doesn't make any sense. We talk about things civilly like humans should. And um, yeah, it's not like a typical relationship where like you're in a relationship with someone and then you get mad at each other and everything gets emotional. It's weird because as a twin, it's almost like you understand the person so much that mm. you just know there's no point to arguing because you're their twin. Like you want them to succeed just as much as you want to succeed. Is it is it so you say you know them so much? I mean, proximity and like is it also partially like we're very we're so much alike? Like there might like if if Steph says I want to go blah blah blah, and you're like your first thought is no, I don't want to do that. Is your next thought something like, well, she if she's gonna like it, maybe I will like, I like it. it. We're very much alike. Well, it's or is there a piece of that? She's like, oh, I want to do this. And I'm like, I consider. It. I'm like, hmm. Well, like skydiving, you didn't want to go skydiving for the yeah, longest time. Yeah, I didn't want to go skydiving, but then she really wanted to go. I was like, okay, okay. Like, she really wants to do it. Because it. it's interesting, because you two aren't that alike. Yeah. We're not. We're not. We're actually... You're, you're so very different. We're basically the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. But we understand each other that it's almost like we become a unit. So, yeah. but yeah. we are different. We are a lot different, I think. Yeah. No, I mean, it's fascinating. It's clear. This is it, it, it's fascinating how different the personality is, but there's that overlap. It's the yin and yang. Like I, I, I visualize the the symbol when thinking about you two, right? Like there's and just I've enough overlap. Up the, I've now picked up the voice difference as well. Like it took me a minute, but I got it. Mm, we'll we'll test it later. <laughs> we'll do a a blind ear oh, test. <laughs> what well, is a podcast? So we can do that. <laughs> so take taking this to the next step. I can't at all find like what started glitter twins. Like where did that idea come from? It, it being how successful they like, talk about like where that idea came from and what made you just do that as your idea. Bad question, but you know. That's a good question. Um <laughs> so basically we we had mentally decided that we wanted to be entrepreneurs and like do our own thing. And Steph was learning. She was in the 67 steps program with Tyler Lopez. She was taking like the social media course or whatever of his. And so mentally we had known that we wanted to do something. We just didn't know what, mm -hmm. um, but we ended up going to our very first rave. Our friend took us to our first music festival, EDM festival. And we literally just like fell in love. Like we were like, Oh my gosh, we love this community. Everyone's so nice. This is amazing. We want to be a part of it. We just, we just really wanted to be a part of it. And so we're like, okay, well, if we want to be a part of it, we need to solve a problem. And we know that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to solve problems and how you start a business. And so we discovered that people were wearing glitter, but halfway through it was falling off their face and they were looking like really bad at the end of the night. And so we're like, you know what problem we can solve? We can create glitter gel that stays on your skin all night. Um, and we can literally, our niche will specifically be ravers. And so that's what we did. And um, people loved the product and loved us. We would go out every single day. Like we were really involved socially. 
But um, yeah, we went to a ton of raves. We went to a yeah. rave. And started <laughs> coming up to. I've a never party. been to a rave. Neither have I. We'll take you to your first one. Nice. <laughs> well, we stopped now, <laughs> but we retired, kind of, I guess. Retired ravers. <laughs> yeah. What did uh, mom think when you started Glitter Twins? I mean, this is obviously after you guys both cared yeah. less about what other people think, but it's still mom. Like, how did that? How did that all go over? She's, she's very no would be anything big. She's she's yeah. very supportive and like she always just adapts really easily. Like we're like, oh my god, the first time ever there was like a hundred people that came up to us at a rave and like recognized us from Instagram. And she would just be like, oh cool, like I knew that would happen. Like she she just always like pretends like awesome. she knew that would happen. I don't know if she actually did. That, she that has was. some good foresight. Yeah. Yeah. She's That's like, funny. oh, I do. She's very, but she's very like adaptable. Uh-huh. Like when mm. I first came to her, telling her that I wanted to drop out, she because school was like very important in her eyes, and and even though she was literally like, wow, I can't even believe that you want to do that. She after I kind of talked to her about well why I wanted to do it, even though it was kind of a funny reason, she's like, you know what, like. I believe in you and, and whatever you want to do, whatever makes so you awesome. that's important. So our mom's been like the number one supporter for every single thing that we do, even our, yeah. our crazy ideas. Even if she probably doesn't think it's good at she doesn't care. Like she'll she'll support it either way and she'll just tell us that she believes in us. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Because she difference. sounds like she's she's supporting you, not necessarily the idea. Like yeah. she believes in you, so she doesn't I, let the idea change how she feels about you. Everybody we talk to or even pay attention to, like that very principle of having one person who just, they may challenge you, but they believe in you and they say go. That person's, whether it's a, often a parent, has to be a parent. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's a, you know, grandparent or whatever. It's just such a common thing. It's a theme. It's such an awesome thing. And mm-hmm. it's not to be taken, taken for granted when you have it, um, hopefully right yeah hopefully wait wait so i want to ask a question real quick um on caring what people think so steph that was your thing is that also your thing jen or is that been something you had to come around to caring about what other people think yeah um yeah i think especially if you are very shy you really care what people think so much that you don't even want to say anything yeah that's that's what it is to be shy it's just like you care so much that you feel like Oh my god! Like they're gonna know what I said, and I don't know. But that definitely took me some time to like come around. I think college, when I really started to like become more social, actually it was partying. Like I know that sounds weird, but it was like partying in college. I learned a lot through partying. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. Like alcohol lowers your inhibitions. You feel like you can talk to people more. And then when I was sober, I was like, wait a minute, if I can be really social when I'm drunk, I can be really social when I'm sober as well. Huh. And I'm actually um, 100% sober now, and I haven't drank in like five months, so my party days are over. But um, but I feel like partying and drinking like definitely helped that for me. It's an interesting flip. Most people, I never made it. Like, oh, I can talk to anybody, so let me drink more so I can talk to more people versus, hey, I'm sober, let me... Uh... Right, it's not like thing, alcohol right? is giving me this ability to yeah. dance. Like, it's like, no, you can actually it's dance. Interesting. You choose to do it when your inhibitions are lowered. You're, the, correct me if I'm wrong, but the two of you have a very strong sense of personal accountability. Like, And I think that speaks to it, right? This idea that alcohol wasn't the reason I could talk. It just gave me the avenue to give myself permission to talk to people more, but I can do it with or without alcohol. I think it's a pretty... Uh, pretty awesome thing whether you've thought about it or not before but i think it's pretty awesome having that kind of personal accountability i mean rodney and i talk about this all the time this idea of like choice choice is your number one motivator like you choose what you do today and whether it's this or that will dictate how you feel later about yourself or your surroundings or your circumstance and uh, sometimes choice is harder but you know especially at our stage in life with families and other things, but at the same time, choice is still the only thing that you can control. Um, so, so Jen, you talk about being super shy, super um, introverted, especially earlier. What was it like the first time you went on camera live on Instagram? What was that experience like for you? Wow, I don't really remember, but 
I'm sure I was probably really insecure and just thinking about what people are thinking of me, which I think Mm. happens with a lot of people. They're thinking about, oh my God, like, what are they thinking about me? Or they're looking at me right now. What are they seeing? Instead of trying to get your message across. And so it just takes practice. I think I was probably just live with Steph. Mm-hmm. Steph's the I was probably talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's good though. How do you both feel about it now? Like, yeah, I mean, you're super comfortable on camera at this point, but. I, I, I used to literally talk 80% of the time. And now I've learned to, especially watching That's myself true. and then hating myself for like dominating the presentation. <laughs> I learned to like, close my mouth and let Jen talk and now I actually try to let her like on our talk show I try to let her talk 60% of the time if I can just so that I can train myself to not be so much you know right because it's easier for me to let Steph talk but then I'll I'll, like in the beginning when we would we've kind of been on a lot of podcasts we've been on like 15 podcasts or something but in the beginning it would just be Steph talking and I would just be like it's fine. Take the rain. But also <laughs> later be like, man, I wish I would have talked more. And yeah, like, and did you ever say that? Did you like share that? Yeah, or did you yeah, think, I, was yeah. Like, I was like, Steph, like, I really don't appreciate when you're dominating the conversation so much. Like, mm-hmm. I know I'm not as like aggressive when I like, I'm not as like quick to speak. But if you could just let me talk more, I would really appreciate that. And she was like, Oh, like, I didn't know that's how you felt. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, I talked to her about it for sure. So Rodney, do you have a question? <laughs> it's an edit moment. Cause I got like 10 every time they speak. go, go. Um, you mentioned earlier, like communication between you two is, is fairly simple. Is raising is it those types of concerns. Of yeah. Like, is it raising those types of concerns is because for part of what we do, it's, it's all about more compassionate communication, right? Like when you're not a twin, it is more difficult. And I'm sure you experience that with other people, not just each other, but like that type of situation, right? Being able to just say, Hey, this is bothering me. And, and Steph, you're like, yeah, cool. Um, like what's that experience? Like, is it just natural for the two of you or is there actual sometimes some reservation or some concern or worry since you guys don't fight? I don't know. I'm curious. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I don't know for stuff, but for me, yeah, like I do kind of get a little bit anxious if I have to bring something up to Steph. Like I will think about it. I'm like, oh, like I don't know. I don't want to cause any trouble, you know? And I, I, I do actually think about that, you know? A lot mm. of times she'll sense things, but sometimes if, if, you know, like in the past, she won't like my boyfriends or something. And it's like, then I have to bring it up and talk to her about it. And yeah, that definitely does evoke some anxiety in me and I don't really want to talk about it, but I know that she'll be understanding when I do talk. Mm. Oh, that's good. What's it, what's it like for you, Steph? For me, it's having self-awareness because especially since, um, and growing up, you know, both Jen and my mom, they're both more introverts and more of feelings people. I'm more of a thinking rather than Mm. feeling. So for me, it's having the self-awareness to understand like how they're feeling and maybe understand that maybe they're not bringing stuff up, but trying to, that's why I learned a lot. I used to read a lot about like body language and, and um, nonverbal communication because sometimes people won't say stuff to you, but you have to kind of think about what they're thinking and try to bring it up for them. Cause people are, aren't always able to do that. That's, I mean, it's such a great example of the power of relationship and the power of trust right? Like we were just talking about this earlier today. Simon Sinek was talking at a conference and and this particular person, a leader in the organization at the conference said, uh, you know, this is hard. Like culture is hard. And Sinek said, no, it's not. It's about trust, right? It's, it's Jen trusting Steph that like, I know I'm not comfortable saying something, but if I say something, she's not going to jump on me and yell at me and scream at me and make me feel bad about saying it. And Steph, you're thinking, yeah. I mean, well, and then his follow-up point was his, his follow-up point was that trust. So trust is the thing, but it's actually not that hard to build trust. Like it can take time because it's a earned thing, but it's not that hard. Like transparency and communication are the easiest ways to build 
try and then obviously action like following through but yeah so um, I think that's, yeah. I think it's a good, I know, you know, I think it's easy for us to go, oh, you're twins. It makes sense. But I asked that question because it's your people too. And it's a relationship and all you're relationships twins and navigate people. those same things, right? <laughs> like, yeah. You're not just defined as twins. <laughs> um, it, so now like, even though, but that is your brand though. It is, is right. It is we like good. smart. We like smart. When people recognize that we're twins. I'm like, oh, are you guys twins? Like, we get happy when people say that, you know, yeah. I know why some people think, oh, I get, I bet you get that a lot. It's like, we literally like it. So it's fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Put that out there. TikTok. So, so you switch gears. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really want to understand like, so what, what spurred the, the TikTok desire? Like you said, I, we never want to walk away from something until we know where we're going. So you left glitter twins because you knew you were heading in this direction. Why? That's funny because we were just talking about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. What really sparked it with us? Because we both had TikTok accounts, but we were posting random videos and we were posting like once a week or something and not really even posting, didn't really care about it, didn't really know much about it. But then- Sorry, real quick. Did, did you have accounts when it was TikTok or back when it was Musical.ly? Well, yeah, I had, it, I had it when it was Musical.ly, but I only uploaded like two videos. We weren't mm -hmm. really not, I would say we weren't really on Musical.ly. I think okay. in August we got on TikTok of 2019. And, mm -hmm. and so we started posting a couple videos with like a couple hundred views, like nothing crazy. And then our uh, cousin, who's like a freshman in high school, Addie, we meet up with her. Like it was like a family. Up, Addie. Or something. Yeah, shout out to Addie. And she, shout out. She was like, oh my gosh, you guys are on TikTok. Let me see your videos. And then she was like, oh my gosh, you guys don't even know how to make videos on TikTok. These are so cringe. And she kept saying we were cringe. And she kept saying all these lingos that we didn't know about. And oh, we isn't, it, isn't, it, isn't it sad when you start hitting that point? Like <laughs> I was just like, um, okay, like I thought I was young, but now all of a sudden I feel old. Yeah, she started talking about all these all these terms that we didn't know, all these aesthetics yeah. of kids in high school. And then that really fascinated us. And we're like, okay, we feel like we don't know. We're feeling left out that we don't know. Yeah. We don't understand Generation Z. We're technically on the cusp of Generation Z and a millennial. So we're like, mm -hmm. we understand millennials, but we want to understand Gen Z. And there's a lot going on. We need to dive into yeah. this. So then we start binge watching literally hours a day. Like I literally, I remember. Which is not hard to do, honestly. Uh -huh. It is not hard to watch hours of TikTok. It's, it's magical. I have, I have yet yeah. to log on. It's fun. But anyway, I remember like in the beginning, I would watch like five hours of TikTok a day. It would consume my day. And then I started, we started making content that we thought was like good content to make. But it was just random. And, um, and we started posting it on our Instagram stories because we were like proud of our work, which still only got a couple hundred views, you know, still really cringe and bad. But then this guy, Wait, can we, can you just use cringe actively? So now, 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 now you, like, you've internalized, now I need to know term. like what it means. Cringe, bro, like, <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Like, you cringe? Like, oh, okay. Okay. That was embarrassing of you to do. Okay. Like Makes sense. a real life example like I would personally, these are the kind of cringe videos I would upload. I would go in public and I would do like dance challenge videos in front of people, like in front of older people. And it was really embarrassing because nobody knows what I'm doing. Nobody <laughs> and I'm And we're filming it and it was just so embarrassing. Yeah. But anyway, so we start posting it on our Instagram stories because we're all proud of our cringy videos. And this guy, Michael, like, michael.consulting on instagram he messages me and he's like what is your niche even and i was like mm. what do you mean what is my niche even i was like i don't even know i'm just posting videos and he's like yeah that's the problem uh. and so i was like offended by what he said and i'm just like who is this guy and why is he saying this to me and turns out he grows accounts like he grows accounts on tiktok he manages over like 25 accounts he consults for a bunch of accounts he owns a bunch of accounts and he had recently grown and sold an account with like almost half a million followers. And wow. um, wow. whoa, like how is this guy even talking to me right now? This mm. guy is doing a lot of crazy stuff with social media. And um, we also learned that he's the one behind a lot of the big people you see on Instagram. He's grown their Instagram. 
So basically, he's this behind-the-scenes guy who's really good at like social media algorithms, and TikTok was the new thing that he was really getting into. Mm-hmm. And so we start talking on the phone, both of us with him, and turns out he has this Facebook group about TikTok. We end up telling everyone about it. He makes us moderators and everything. But we start learning, and, and we realized we needed to really niche down mm-hmm. um, and be niche-specific and create content that has to do with, with our niche because people aren't going to follow you just because you make random videos. Mm-hmm. Reason, like, oh, yeah. you make satisfying makeup removal videos? Great. I know exactly what to expect when I follow her. Mm-hmm. And we started learning about keywords, hashtags, you know, how the algorithm works and all that. And he literally would, like, talk to us for hours about this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. That's kind of how things started for us. So yeah. that led to TikTok. And I'm saying it that way on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. TikToks. Yeah. Like, don't forget the S. So why? So was that just a a result of of we didn't know what we were doing? So I bet a bunch of other people don't know what they're doing. So let's talk about how to do it better. Yeah. It was basically kind of like when we went to our first rave. It was that type of thing. We realized there's a What's the problem we can solve? The problem is that people are starting to get on TikTok because they realize that it's going to be the new hot app. But the problem is they don't actually understand how to do it so that they can really grow their account. Everyone wants to be TikTok famous, but what are you doing to get there? And why is nobody talking about this? Like nobody has a show, nobody has a podcast. So why don't we just be the first ones? And we decided we were going to do it. And of course we had to build up our credibility before we even did that. So before we um, started our show, I mean, at this point we have over a hundred thousand followers each and it's only taken us a couple months to grow that because As of, of January 15th. Wow. Yeah. It's January 2020. Wow. We don't know where we'll be at when you guys actually release this but as yeah. of now it took us a couple months to get to 100k with all the knowledge that we have yeah. we want to help other people because we realize that it isn't just about being tiktok famous it's not about like people knowing you it's yeah. really about if you can reach this many people what are you going to do with it like how are you going to see yeah what value are you going to add yeah because I've been really interested in TikTok mainly because Gary, like Gary V, brought it up, and I was like, "What the hell is TikTok?" And then I started, I figured out the history of it and everything, and it's like, "Oh, it's been around." And what I'm super, super interested in is attention. Is like how to get it, how to direct it, why why people put it in different places. And TikTok is just like I've always been pretty standoffish with social media networks, like just what I want to put out there and whatnot. And what I'm when now that I'm looking at it from this attention perspective, it's like, oh, well, like you can be really intentional about what you put on there and why you're putting it there and using it for whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And TikTok is just a whole new medium, like the format, like 15 seconds. I mean, it's, it's not that. I mean, it's kind of like Vine was, but different because you've got the sounds and different ways you can use it. But it's it's a completely different way of getting attention than traditional media, like commercials on the radio, on TV, or even on a podcast for that matter. So it's like, if you can get somebody's attention on TikTok, you can probably do it on the web or on Instagram, or maybe you have to learn how to do it on Instagram because it's different than TikTok. And from, for an entrepreneur, attention is everything. So you need people to be focused on your brand, at least for a little bit of time in order to find you and, and understand what you're doing. So yeah, it's, it's super fascinating to me. And I love your videos, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Good. I, I like bookmark them all. I'm like, I gotta come back and watch this again. Nice. We really see the future of TikTok too. We, I know some people think it's just dance videos or lip syncing videos, but we see it as a lot more than that. We know that it's really underpriced attention right now. And that right now it's super, super easy to grow a following. But it's not going to be like that forever and it's going to get a lot more saturated and it's going to be kind of like instagram you know i feel like it's going to be people's favorite app people's number one social media app in a couple years for sure then then that that cost for attention is going to go way up because they'll be able to drive that that cost for advertising and for 
uh, the algorithm would be way harder to use because it'd be way more saturated. But yeah, what, no, I completely agree with you. What's come from it? So you're both over 100,000 followers in just five months, you said? Less, Less than that. that. Less yeah. than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we each, what's interesting is that even though we always do things together, we decided for our TikTok accounts, for our personal accounts, they'll be separate. So mm. we're in entirely different niches. So her 100,000, totally different people than my 100,000. And it happened faster. Mine just like a month. Jen's happened faster, yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm so competitive. I was not happy she with that. She wasn't happy. I was like, Steph, I got 100,000. She's like, so, like, yeah, whatever. So whatever. I was like, Give me that. I'm so competitive. Maybe it's because I'm the baby in the family, but I really was like, I'm sorry. I was not happy for her. I was pissed. I really. <laughs> hey, so you got to be honest about it. No, I'm honest. I'm, I am yeah, yeah, yeah. who I am. For the longest time, she was at 100,000. I was at like 6,000. Oh, it was that for different. A solid amount of time. And I really felt like, like, wow. I really felt discouraged. What, what are the niches? Like, what, how you. What do you both do with it, and how how does it serve different audiences? I create makeup videos. The reason why I got a hundred thousand so quickly is because when my videos went viral and got fifteen point seven million views, like mega, wow. it's because I, I, I I saw a trend that was paired with it was a challenge paired with the sound, which when that happens, that's always like really big. And there was like over a million videos created with it, like it was really blowing up. And so I created my own twist of it within my niche and that's how it blew up. But Steph's, I, I I definitely had a, I've never gotten a video that as of right now, that's gotten over 6 million views, but um, I've gotten several, you know, 100,000. Now mine are consistently getting, you know, a, a good amount of views. Um, but for me, it was, first of all, finding my niche and Jen too, like finding our niche was kind of the hardest thing because when you mm. start off, you don't know what you want to yeah. do. And, but then we just thought back to our childhood because there is a lot of kids on the app. And we just thought, well, what were we really passionate about when we were young? And for Jen, she would be constantly watching a ton of makeup tutorials. She loved, mm. and even to this day, like she's definitely huge into makeup, you know, creating different looks. So that's, that was easy for her to pick that niche. For me, I thought, well, I was really struggling with accepting myself and my sexuality. And I was like, I really want to do something with the LGBTQ community. Because I feel like, you know, I've never really even done that before. But that was such a huge part of my childhood was, mm. especially growing up religious, actually accepting myself and being okay mm. with being gay. And so yeah. my niche is LGBTQ. And specifically, I make like coming out videos and skits. and. Oh, wow. What what I've gotten out of it is a lot of kids, a lot of really young kids, have come out because of me. They oh wow! Except mm. they've realized that it's okay because they're seeing me be confident with who I am. So it's really awesome just to feel like, wow, I'm actually kind of making a difference in these kids' mm. lives. How did you hit a hundred thousand, Steph? Um, personally, it was so. Actually, what really helped me was creating a series so one of my videos did really really well and it was called girls that are secretly gay in middle school and i did like three different mm. characters and three is always a magical number for me i think people love three so that really number. did so well that i'm like i'm gonna create uh girls that are secretly gay in middle school part two and i'm gonna do three different characters and then i People loved it so much because what happens is people identify with one of the mm -hmm. characters oh my god i'm the anime kid Oh my God, I'm the 31. And I did up to five. So that was 15 different characters. And what people didn't realize is really what I was trying to say was there is no stereotype for who could be gay. Like anyone could be gay, which is the point yeah. of those videos is you could be the shy, nerdy kid. You could be the popular kid. You could be this, you can be that. And I realized that making relatable content like that, even though it just seems so simple, is so helpful to kids to really see themselves in a character and and realize that wow like you know i could identify as that and I, it's okay that i'm that that really helped me realize that my target demographic are people that are still in the closet struggling with accepting themselves and you know they're worried about what other people think they're worried about other people's opinion so mm. now i'm so much more thoughtful with the kind of content that i make because i'm really thinking about my like followers and I'm thinking about them as individual people, you know, 
could this content be helpful? Like, could they send this to their best friend in a way to tell them something? You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out to build more confidence with them, like telling their friends and their parents. And she's been getting a lot of people like really just like loving what she's doing. Like a lot of Steph pseudo fan pages have been popping up. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my God. Dope. I, feel like, I feel like a famous person's sister right now. Like wow. less followers than Jen. It's crazy how, but she's really cultivated her audience. Yeah. They're really yeah. loyal. So because of our podcast, we like to talk about heavy shit. Um, what when did you come out i was actually 20 years old when i came wow out. and which is why you know for me i'm like i'm actually surprised all these kids are so self-aware like i i kind of knew obviously but accepting yourself is hard especially if you grow up in a really religious family yeah so i'm like i'm proud that a lot of these kids it's becoming more acceptable to be super self-aware with who you are and actually tell other people about it. That's impressive to me. I, I love Generation Z. I think they're really making a lot of progress. That's amazing. Um, so did you come out shortly after you dropped out of college then or before? Before, before, because I joined a, a LGBTQ community um, club in college, which helped me really understand more of the culture and, and and help me like be more accepting of myself. Yeah. But yeah, I think one year before I dropped out, right before I was going to go to university, because I went to community college for two and a half years, right. right before I went to university, I was like, you know what? Like I'm finally, if I'm going to go to ASU and there's going to be like a ton of people there, you know, I want to be out and I want to be proud of who I am. And that's when I actually cut my hair short that's when I told my mom and really opened up to her, even though originally she was against like gay marriage. She was against mm -hmm. the whole LGBT community. She was against it. So I was really scared to tell her. Yeah. But coming around, like we said, our mom is so accepting. When I told her, she was literally like her whole, it took her some time, of course, but her whole perspective on things changed. And now she's literally so supportive of all the videos I make. And like, super supportive of me helping other people come out it's it's crazy that's amazing um did is that a big reason why because you said when you dropped out of college you stopped caring about what other people think mm -hmm. is this a big reason why because you had this boulder off of your shoulder finally yeah i was really stressed out in community college that's that was one of my rock bottoms where Jen and I weren't in rock bottom together. It was one mm -hmm. was alone because I didn't even yeah. know Jen. So that's really hard when you're keeping a secret and you can't even tell your own twin and you yeah. feel like you're going through some mm -hmm. times. That's what's inspired me the most to help these kids because I feel a personal connection to every single one of them because I've been through their situation of struggling to accept yourself. And then after you've accepted yourself to actually tell other people where you're scared of their reaction like you're scared of them judging you and not liking you what was that moment like for the two of you what moment when she came out to you and did you always know jen or did you oddly enough i didn't i literally even though steph had never dated a guy and she never seemed to like guys i just literally never thought about it i just assumed she was straight just like most people just assume someone's straight I think mm -hmm. that'll change over the years but Anyway, I didn't think about it. So when she said it, I was a little bit like, I was like a little bit shocked, but at the same time, I was like, how do you know? Like, that was the first question I asked. I'm like, how do you know you're gay? And then she, she explained that she's always liked girls. Um, and I was like, okay, like, cool. You know, and I was totally accepting of her when she came out to me. That's why she was the first person. I knew she'd be the most yeah. supportive. Yeah. But it was still hard. Yeah, it was hard. I was scared. I mean, it was late. It was like 1 a.m. And I was like, I'm just going to tell her, like, I'm just going to do it. I didn't plan it. But I just felt like because we were in a deep conversation and I felt like this is the perfect time. Mm. How long before you told someone else? Uh, my mom was the next person and mm. a couple months. Yeah. It was hard to tell my mom because, like I said, she was more openly against it. Like Jen, you know, she didn't really know. I mean, she was well, 20 years old, that's not that young, but still she didn't have strong opinions against it. She just, we both actually just took on our mom's opinion of it was wrong. 
But telling my mom was so hard. I was so nervous that she literally, when I told her I need to sit down and talk to you about something, and I was like, I'm really nervous. Like, it was obvious. She was like, what? She was so scared that I had, like, murdered someone or something. <laughs> and when I told her, the first thing she said was, oh, oh you. Literally, I like, oh, that's it? <laughs> so you just mentioned that your, you two both kind of took on your mom's opinion of being gay, being wrong. That was so overcoming that. So you had to overcome that before you could overcome people's judgments of you. Cause you were kind of, I'm, I, I'm assuming here, definitely assuming you were judging yourself. Yeah. If you saw it as wrong and then you felt you were gay, then you were like, Oh wait, I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. So how did you, how did you overcome that? I mean, that's, it kind of gets into shame and like all that. Like what, what did that, what was that for you? Yeah. I felt like I was, I really did feel like I was wrong. Like, I, I felt like I don't want to be gay. Like, I knew that I had these feelings, but I was like, I don't want this to be me. I don't want this to be true. So I would try to make it not true by ignoring it and thinking, maybe I just don't like anyone at all. Like, because I was thinking, I either like guys or there's no other because I mm. can't be gay. Like, huh. I really can't. It's wrong. Mm. And after I tried to, like, like guys, I, like, try to – think about guys and having crushes. I just couldn't do it. And even one day in high school, I remember specifically one day I said to myself, I am not going to think about girls. I'm going to try to only think about guys. And I literally couldn't do it. And I was like, why am I trying to be someone I'm not? Like, why? You know, why am I trying to do this? Like, and why is it wrong? You know? Yeah. Also realizing it's not wrong, by the way. Like, yeah. it's not wrong to be gay. Yeah. And I realized like, why do people think it's wrong? It's just because they're taught that. And I, and I thought if they're taught that, then they can be taught that it's right too. And so it took me a while. Like I said, I really did hit rock bottom for a while and, and accepting myself was a long process. It took me years to fully accept myself. And like I said, that was only the first obstacle because then you have to come out to other people. And it's like, that's a whole nother thing. And that's just why I create the content I do to make it seem more casual and make it seem mm. more okay because it should be more of a casual thing. I think Is it's there such any, a... Sorry, real quick, real quick follow up. Uh, yeah. Is there any like yeah. one thing or any like couple of things that stands out in the path to accepting yourself that like really were meaningful for you and your... Yeah, and, and, yeah. watching other people's content. I used to watch a lot of mm. videos of people that were talking about you know, their experience on coming out, their coming out story, and just talking about, like, just talking about the fact that they're gay somehow just made me feel more comfortable with myself. You know, the more you bring it up, the less taboo it is. So watching people's, and at the time, YouTube was the big, the big thing. So YouTube videos, literally just watching a bunch of YouTube videos, that really helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. cool. I think it's um, a really interesting representation of the truth behind the difficulty because you had a twin sister but you still had to navigate that on your own right and um, you would think i mean how close you are and everything if you're an outsider who doesn't have a twin sister be like well you don't know what i went through but you do because you did and i have to ask this question because i'm just curious jen like what what's that in that moment you thought it was wrong too but did your world just flip and you're like oh okay cool like how did how did the whole processing for you work and knowing that your sister had gone through this this experience in life and she had to do she was doing it on her own yeah well that made me sad that part that she was hiding it and and it was really eating her up inside that made me really sad actually but um i had like been like we were really christian growing up but then you know i became less christian as the years go on and i was just like I don't know if I really believe the things that people, these people believe anyway. So when, by the time she said it, it was like I was already starting to become more of a spiritual person, which now I'm, I just believe that like God is the universe and I believe in the law of attraction and that type of stuff. So it just aligns with my beliefs more. Um, but yeah, like, you know, finding out that she was gay, I wasn't like, oh my God, like she's gay. I was more like, wow, like, I can't believe she was hiding that for so long. And, like, mm. she was just not even being her true self for so long. And I also felt like I should have, I probably should have known, but I didn't. 
But yeah, you know, I, I'm just, I was glad that she came out because she was so much more confident after that. Oh, you noticed a shift? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. felt it. That's amazing. Well, listen, I think we just hit a stride of, of what we're all about, um, but we have to bring it to an end, unfortunately. Um, and we do that in one very specific way. And that's by asking a question. one final question. Uh, so yeah. I'll ask you both, uh, what would you like to leave everybody with? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, personally for me, I would like to leave everyone with like remembering that this is your life and that you get to live it however you want. And that if you're going to be on this earth, if you're going to be living your life, you might as well be confident and do what you love. And if you don't know what you love to do yet, then just keep trying out different things until you figure it out because life is not worth living if you're going to be miserable. You know, do what you love to do. I think that's the main takeaway, in my opinion, for me. And, if you and for, those, it out. for those who haven't figured it out yet, yeah, that was Jen. I hate you, Keith. <laughs> and I'm going over to Steph now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is Steph. <laughs> um, my thing is, you know, happiness is a choice. And yeah, even though sometimes your life circumstances leave you feeling depressed or sad or lost or lonely, happiness is a choice and you really can choose to feel happy and look at the positive side of things. And you'll be surprised that when you start changing your mindset and when you start surrounding yourself with more positivity, um, literally your actions will change and the whole course of your life will change just based off of your mindset slightly shifting over to becoming a little more happy and a little more positive.